What's the best decade for performance car enthusiasts? Let's talk about it right now. Hey everybody and welcome back to Carside Chat. I am your host, Primo, and I am getting better at this. I don't know, I used to have a team, now it's just me. But I, <laughs> I'm doing more and more uh, with trying to get this this stuff situated out. We get more equipment coming in. I actually have my nice lights and, you know, everything looks good. So I'm actually kind of happy about, you know, where we're going forward here. Uh, I hope you guys are liking it. We're trying hard. I'm getting a lot of really good input for everybody. I hope that you continue to do that. Um, make sure to uh, put your um, comments in the comment section below because that's something that is really helps us out a lot. Uh, for those of you who are on, we're going to have some visuals today, obviously. Uh, so for those of you that are on um, some of the groups like Spotify and stuff like that, if you have a chance, you can come over. Uh, to our YouTube channel because it's something that we have everything there. So don't forget to like and subscribe. Do all that stuff. So yeah, I got. I like to get all the uh, what do you call it? The all the uh, the little things over with early. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, you got to do this stuff and add this and be professional and stuff. I obviously hate asking for subscriptions. I'd rather just give you the content and show it off, and then you know, hopefully you like it, and then you. You sign up that way, so good world out, right? So the last couple of days we were talking, uh, we had uh, Dave Gallagher on at the beginning of the week. So I did, as I fixed my mic here, um, wanted to do a little update here to show you after they cleaned it up. So this is the car now, which is incredible. Look at that shine, man. Prestige and Elite Auto Detailing uh, up in New Hampshire. Incredible work that they do all the time, and I'm just... I'm amazed like you saw how if you didn't see the video before you should go back and take a look at it we covered it um it was an early early barn find he's had it for a couple of days now and has done incredible things with that car in a short amount of time so um that's I don't know that's just crazy like just to see that so I'm hoping that and the thing is is everybody please some comments about getting into that especially here go back to the original video uh give us your thoughts on what you want done with that if what your input is i personally i continue to fly back to the idea that i want to see this car on the road i want to see it with an engine and i want to see it definitely with a 12 cylinder funny enough so that's something I'm, 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 you know, it is what it is. So I'm, I'm hoping that we continue to kind of motivate him to go in a certain direction. But uh, I, who knows? I'll, I'm gonna need your responses for it. I'm gonna need everybody on it. Uh, so yeah, anywhere in here that you can put a comment um, where you're listening to this, whatever platform, put it in there. Let's hear it. So today's uh, kind of thing that we're going over right now is really what was we had this conversation the other day between a couple of friends was like what was the best decade for performance car folks one of the guys like hey you know what let's let's look at it all and just kind of buzz it down a little bit but we never had time to really do it and it is a really odd thing to kind of go over to kind of feel out what's the best year or the best decade, or, or kind of zone it down of what was the best time to do it. That's why I, I kind of ran with the decade thing, because I just think that is the best way to put it, to be zoned in, in such a, an opening. 
um, to kind of capture all the different years. And the thing is, is I really, if I'm going to start this anywhere, I'm going to think I'm going to start it in the 1960s. Uh, I'd like to start it in the 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, it would be amazing to be involved in the years that uh, Blake's Ford Model T and Model A were out and see where that came from. I mean, these are the years that back then was the first time they ever did financing on vehicles was, I believe, the Model A. Uh, and Ford was actually very reluctant. There were other companies that did it first, uh, but they talked about finding it. Hey, people couldn't afford cars. So the best way to do it is to find a way for them to, you know, be able to take some sort of financing and be able to purchase a car that, you know, these cars aren't cheap. So, and it's, I think it's, how's the wording of it? It's the second biggest investment that people will make in their lifetime is between buying a house and buying a car. So, you know, it, it kind of made sense. But, and that thing is, is we can go to the 1920s, the 1930s, all the stuff that really kind of, you know, zoned it. A lot of hot rods and that kind of stuff came out of those times. But the real time that I think real car guys started becoming real car guys, not just, you know, this need, this does a job. Just in other words, when it started being a horse and started being a car. I want to say it's the 60s, and and not that I lived through it, so if you guys are out there and somebody was around in the 60s, hey, put it in the comments. Let me know uh, what was said that or what made difference or what was so important about that time that you had that was kind of a bigger year. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we're going to that, and I want to start with the 1960s. So the 1960s uh, was the year that the Mustang and the Camaro, they started incredible competition, and that was – a time that continued to this day. Uh, they, there was a lot of muscle car. We're really starting to get their footing. But the 60s was, you think about it, kind of wasn't a great year for their power. They're really getting their footing for it. It was also the year of the GT40, the DB5. Um, and if you're ever going to talk about any kind of muscle cars, the Chevelle has to be part of this equation. So the Chevelle uh, came out again. It, it really started off kind of, eh, but then it really picked up and it, it really did some big things with it. Uh, and the thing is, is I wouldn't be right if we didn't put the Impala in this list. Um, the Impala came out kind of a staple car today, has different genres that it really fits into. And it, it, it had a long and illustrious life. Um, also, the Porsche got its looks in the, nine, the 911. Uh, became what it was in the 60s so what we saw at that time was going to be something that's going to be really consistent down the road so really i think for the 1960s we're starting to see these kind of cars get kind of a footing in other words people are kind of looking at cars um in a different way so uh if it's anything has a stake in being the best decade for the cars it has to be the 1960s but the truth is the 1960s they were still getting their bearing the 1960s were foundational years uh the best versions of cars uh really didn't hit their stride in the 60s they were really getting started so the corvette that you would see in the 60s is not going to be the corvette that you're going to see in the 80s 90s and we started getting traditional styles you know as we went further down so now we move into the 1970s and they'd start off with strikes problems some cars got a ton of power while others suffered uh what's worse is the compact car competition began they tried to compete domestically against compact cars and they didn't do a very good job of it uh perfect example is for instance the gremlin uh i can't think of moving a gremlin forward and saying yeah that's the gremlin that's the one but um 
That's the thing is insurance got involved. They argued for low-speed bumpers, and that this is when California starts arguing that pollution uh, is a problem. So what's new with them, right? So now automakers are bragging about bumpers and fuel economy. We're not thinking about power anymore. We're thinking about other options. One thing that you kind of saw back then, too, was the 1971, the electric cars. Uh, and even steam was considered at that market, but nothing really came of it. So 1974, we got an oil embargo that didn't do us any favors. Prices went up, interest went down. BMW uh, introduced their three series, so that was kind of a big deal. But the 70s were the years for the Japanese automaker to really start getting their foothold. Uh, the 1970s brought about obviously the Countach came out, so we're we're going to get a little bit of steam change when it comes to the 1970s but notably wise i think 1970s and the 1960s were just a, a trend like i said 60s still has a good competition for being the top dog here uh but 1970s it, it didn't do too well so now for the 1980s um this is where our real pain began uh gas problems uh lead and fuel all this other stuff it all began to come home to roost so cars were underpowered gas smog boats of cars uh a lot of this getting more and more into this compact genre the 80s did not do us any favors what the 80s did do was it was a load of it just loaded us the breach for the 90s in other words what would be the big deal for the 80s was really going to fuel the 90s so for instance the vector w8 the delorean the buick gnx you had really good notable cars the countach really started to get traction so we started stuff like gumball um even cars that have been underpowered became popular like the trans am and the corvette it was still something that kids were getting into uh, and aftermarket companies were really getting a foothold they were happy to fill the void with ways to unlock all that lost power which uh, led to breaking the 200 mile per hour barrier by the end of the year uh, in a street driven vehicle it was also a crazy decade for movie cars and this is where really started to see people a lot of people like myself uh included you know especially in, in our age group i forgot what gen generation we are but i don't think it really matters but uh but we really started to get into stuff and the reason that we got into it was because uh movies television saturday morning cartoons there was no better time for a kid to get into cars uh, but unfortunately new gray market vehicle laws and all these other laws that came in also meant we lost a lot of cool cars that probably would have normally come into the states uh didn't make it in so we got kind of stifled but it so in k cars all that other stuff a lot of the compact stuff it, it, like i said nobody and I, I certainly did not cheer about the 80s i was not a big fan of the 80s but it was still you know we had the 60s and in the cars that lulled into the 70s that were still powerful that were still great cars so we had that going for us and obviously there's a little bit of kind of that luxury vehicle feel that we started getting into that i think really got more of attraction in the 80s than it did before because we were you know we, people were starting to slow down so now we're going to move into the 90s and now things are going to get crazy all the momentum that built up in the 80s got literally unleashed every commercial was about going fast everything was about being competitive domestically the viper the corvette uh camaro mustang everything was coming out in the 90s and it was just seemed like everybody had a piece from italy the diablo 
Ferrari started making cars that were driver friendly to compete against um, a Japanese market that was being more and more competitive. And then Porsche followed suit. So they, I mean, they had gotten in the eighties and really gotten a good foothold nineties. They were like, we're, we're going to try to slam dunk this thing home. So, and let's not forget cars like the super, the RX seven, 300 ZX 3000 GT. It seemed like everybody had some sort of brand that was, considered in that japanese branding area that was getting some sort of footing or had a car that was powerful and was ready to go to compete uh it 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 was the era of need for speed that was it everybody wanted to go fast and it was kind of a weird time because even cars that you know were supposed to be regular lot cars they had cars that were fast and were available to purchase uh, what was truly great about these cars was they were all really competitive and it's one of the unique times you could purchase a Japanese car that could race an exotic car and give them a run for the money. It really did fuel the fast and furious scene about, you know, how much did you spend on that car? And it, you know, how more than you can afford pal Ferrari. That really was the nineties that fueled that thinking, uh, domestics were not just for the drag strip anymore. They were for taking on big fishes on racetracks. Uh, and in 1993, the McLaren took uh, Netta Netta 231 mile per hour. And in 1988, they uh, 1998, sorry, they took the speed record of 240.1 miles per hour to solidify the spot of fastest production vehicle. And that was a huge move. Um, it was pretty clear going in the 90s that a lot of people wanted to go the fastest, but it was kind of like, where do you go? Uh, and McLaren just kind of just pounded the nail home and said, this is our territory, get off it. And they held that that hill for a very long time. Uh, and it made a lot of other people want to kind of compete against it. In other words, everybody wanted to go fast and do their thing. So it was, you know, here's the buildup. And if you were a luxury guy, many would argue that there couldn't be a better time to be around with aftermarket companies even more so. Um, it was a crazy time. There just really wasn't a car that you couldn't drive and have fun with luxuries, BMW, um, all those brands. They were really, you know, kicking it in the 20s. I mean, uh, excuse me, the 1990s. So uh, it was a really, really cool year. And um, I don't know I think between the 1960s and 1990s, that's something that was huge. So for the 2000s, video games started to make their mark and people went from driving real cars to looking at digital ones. Uh, this is also the year of hybrids got their start. And so these was real big, uh, but real big, but the, but the cars are getting huge, but the budget's not, not doing so well. Uh, the Bugatti took the world by storm and uh, we had a real Concord moment here as it went into the end of the year. So they just took that top position and kind of just sat there. They, they, the first ones to really insert the McLaren, uh, and make a statement for it because it was a driver friendly car. It was an actual, it wasn't just a car that was fast. It was, here's luxury. The decade started off really well too. We saw Lamborghini with a new face, driving events, cars and coffees were catching on. So this is really when the internet started catching on forums, information abroad. Uh, but that thing is not all of it was good. There was really a time when we kind of realized that, you know, this newfound monster we had was sometimes a little bit, it wasn't the smartest thing to do. Uh, so yeah, everybody first did their stuff and then, you know, you realize these experts you're talking to aren't experts. So hopefully we learned a little bit, but I think a lot of times we didn't, 
uh, my MySpace would start to bring us together, but Facebook would continue with that as it became events and you could start planning stuff. And, you know, we got these uh, pop-up events that really started getting their thing. The other thing was the retro craze, and that went into full swing by about midpoint of the decade. So by the time we had, I think it was 2005, the Ford Mustang uh, retro came in. So we had this old look, but... That thing is, is they still wanted to master something. They started still wanted to do better with the engines, uh, and they really got a good swing with it. They started moving forward. We would end the decade in 2009 with the Tesla. So the first ever, vi- I guess, viable. I don't know if you can say that viable, but um, it was the first ever time when an electric car was actually making some some waves, and they were doing pretty good with it. So it was it was you know we got a good time for that. Uh, luxury cars got a, a lot of people were excited too because this is the first time especially for car guys you go to the track you start seeing uh, i remember seeing them on pike's peak i remember seeing the electric cars on um drag strips so get especially with testing it was really cool to um to see where that went so but luxury cars they got off to a really good start but in, and they continued to flourish but as things went along they kind of a lot of complaints went into the next couple of years that they were really not doing what they needed to do. The looks kind of got more bubbly, and, and yeah, people didn't didn't feel it. So uh, I think that was about that time that Maybach kind of was like, okay, it's time to, what are we going to do here? Uh, so certain brands started losing money, but other brands started picking up. Uh, but it seemed that the 2000s were the year that if you had money, you were doing well. Uh, but that really brings us into now that things are going to go to pot. So <laughs> 2010, everything went to junk. 2010 was a recession. And for that reason, we lost a ton of potential cars, mothballing brands like Pontiac. Uh, there's a lot of new concept cars. In fact, if you look at all the concepts you probably loved or looked at that got lost, there's a good chance 2010 was the year that they had in planning. A lot of them had been introduced in the 2009, so we got really excited. Like, hey, 2010 is going to be the offshoot year, just kind of like the 1980s into 1990s, but it, it the, the recession did not do us any favors uh automakers suffered and their offerings suffered as well if you had money this wasn't too bad a year all the exotics took on new looks we got the aventador we got you know more stuff for ferrari a lot of big brands like um obviously Koenigsegg and uh pagani had already gotten some traction and you know like i said those but we're talking millions of dollars here so if you you had to have big money and but those new looks were high power uh big big budgets and these new automakers took took this to the scene uh but we lot like again we lost a lot of great automakers in in the same instance that really tried to come out but they came out at a really bad time and and what ended up happening is, is was they kind of got washed away they died in the process um this was except for tesla tesla continued to uh, pretend like they didn't even know what a recession was. I think it's funny. Hyundai was another one that did, saw great growth uh, in the middle of a recession. Um, obviously, Tesla basically had they had grant money for theirs. They borrowed money on their side of it. Uh, while brands, they basically the the big buybacks for bigger companies. So the bailouts that happened with the bigger brands. So they wanted to find a way to survive so that all that stuff played together about seeing who was big and who wasn't which i think really plays into why tesla did so well when some of these other brands didn't but as we had sent it in the year the electric started to push 
And once again, companies were on the verge of bankruptcy um, as they were starting to build, you know, they're trying to design this electrical stuff. So we saw brands like Lamborghini, Bentley, Rolls, you know, following suit with Porsche and everybody's building an SUV. Um, and this, the way they did that was they knew it would sell. And it was a brand that would sell for them while they designed all this new technology, which is where all that money went was into electric cars. So as we come into the 2020s, and obviously I do want to touch on that a little bit, like kind of where we would be, do we have the potential of having a great year? And so far it hasn't done too well. The pandemic, the chip crisis, um, and now with the continued inflation, as well as electric cars being told that, you know, litigated into the idea that, you know, you, you can't have anything but electric cars. Um, the thing is, is right now these brands, especially the older cars, are actually going up in price too. So the goal here is going to be, if you want to do anything now, my suggestion is, is get rich because these, these prices are only going to go up. You're only going to see brands that are, um, you know, these old cars are only going to get more expensive. We're seeing Countach's, for instance, go back. They're going to be in the millions very, very soon. Anything that's manual, shifted, all that stuff, it's something that you're going to want to think about, about saying now it's going to be collector car season. But, it, it, again, it's going to be money-oriented. So I, I, what I see as we go into the 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 – 2000s and probably going into the 2030 area is you're going to see more and more cars that are appear to be more uh disposable cars that are just made to do a certain thing um i don't know about the advent of self-driving cars that really is something that it'll be based on the adoption of it uh like uber and lyft and some of these other companies they'll probably do very well when it comes to self-driving cars if people will take the drives in them uh, but they have to, again, make money if they're going to move forward. So a lot of this technology, they you really just kind of think about it, but people are, eh, you know what I mean? So like I said, more disposable cars, collector guys are going to start getting into collecting more. Prices are going to continue to rise. Uh, and then the thing is, is I think currently owners own their cars about 12 years. I think that number is going to, I would dare say it would double, if not more. I think people are going to get into their cars. There's going to be more support for the older cars from big dealers, which I think is huge. If manufacturers want to get into supporting their old cars, like Porsche's done, uh, other brands have gotten into it too. So you, you can take an old car, buy a car from the 70s or 80s, and, and get stuff for it. I mean, you might as well make it available for them. So here, now let's get to the conclusion. What was the best year? And that's where things get kind of weird for me. I just, I want to say the 1990s, but the 1990s was kind of a weird time because we didn't have the communication. We didn't have as many events and things of that nature. And the 90s, the cars that came from the 90s really rolled over into 2000s. So I tend to think that the experience I had with having fun was we had all the cars that came in from the 90s and then shifted over in the 2000s and we still had the 1960s cars. So we had an interesting time where cars, especially early 2000s, going into 2005, that there was no line that was drawn. You really didn't, we didn't have or know that there was an idea that cars needed to be separated or that different classes needed to be made. We just kind of saw cars as cars. And I think because we came together in that and what is now today, I think we've kind of screwed some of it up, but um, for some of it, we got it together. 
Um, it was a time when you could bring a hot rod, uh, an exotic car, a uh, Japanese car, and a luxury European or any kind of car, bring it to the same event, and as long as they made within a certain amount of horsepower with each other, they were acceptable. So the thing is, is I'm going to say if you were a car guy and you wanted to be performance-wise, it was best to have bought your car probably in the 90s into early 2000s and then started your events in 2000 to 2005, 2006. And then as 2007 and 2008, things began to start careening into different areas. So one guy will have his hot rod group. One guy will have their low rider group. One guy would have their, um, exotic or European thing. And, and things started separating and there was no such thing as like this one show fits all kind of thing. Um, so I think that was it. Like if you wanted to be the buyer, you bought in the nineties the to early two thousands, but you were the show guy when it came to two thousands, because again, the internet, now I can play a video game and I just don't have, Hey, if I'm cooped up inside, I can enjoy my car on my TV. I can enjoy my car in real life. A lot of these, like, I, Hey, I had one of those in that video game. I actually drive it in real life. That was big. Or people started knowing each other by their ability to drive online. And, uh, and now today it's, you get notoriety from that. So, but that's the thing is I'd rather be known for actually driving my car versus actually have known for driving it online. So different world. So that's the thing is, is that's my determination on it. So I, I want to hear what you guys think, put it in the comments below. What do you think is the best year for you as a performance driver? The time that you were out, that you had the most shows, that you had the most events, you had the most fun where things was together in a certain way. Uh, and what type of car did you drive when you had that time? That is huge. What's the, you know, what, what makes us who we are today has a lot to do with what kind of experience we had. If, if I grew up on Saturday morning cartoons, but the first time I went to car shows, I had really, really bad experiences. I think I'd be a different person today uh, than I am right now because I went to these events and I had a lot of fun. People accepted me. Um, we, we didn't matter what we drove. We all had fun. We all drove fast. We all had cool stories. Um, and that's the thing is, is today, yeah, you're, I don't know if I could do the same thing again. We, if we don't do stuff as police escorted now, uh, expect a big pullovers, all that stuff. It's even makes me wonder how you can have the rallies of the two thousands kind of repeated in, in today. I don't think it's kind of feasible because there's just so much control and it's getting worse and worse. There comes a point where, you know, just they're, they want to put monitors in your car that are going to self report you. So what happens when you're driving your electric car and it says, Hey, you went over the speed limit and then tell somebody and you immediately get pulled over or dinged or ticketed or whatever. I, I don't know, man, that it's kind of a weird world for me. I'm not sure I really want to be a part of that. So, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see where that goes in the future. You just never know. Maybe it, it all works out and hopefully it does. And you know, you guys put the no. So like I said, put it in the comments. We're going to continue to do these shows and continue to put something out for you. We're always looking for ideas. We're always going to be putting some more guests on. I'm thinking about having, uh, I guess on soon to talk about what we think of the year in review here and uh, see what we think this year is going to represent. Because I think um, even with the numbers going up with the pandemic right now, I'm hoping that this is going to be a big crash for it as we come into summer. And that's going to really open the floodgates for allowing us to do events. A lot of people right now, when we went into 2020, 
there, uh, 2021, there really wasn't, even people weren't really planning. They kind of just did what they did. But as we come into 2022, people are, we've, we've already made plans. This is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to work. How do we work around anything that's going to get in our way? So the hope is, is that everything clears up. And if it does, we already got big plans. Some people are going to cancel. It is what it is. But uh, the thing is, is if you have if you have that forward momentum, you should be able to make something of it this year. So, yeah, check out these other uh, videos that we have here. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, take a look at us down in the future. We got everything else. Don't forget we have our IG at Executive Automotive Society, as well as some of our other stuff right now. We're going to continue to bring you stuff. So check out these other videos. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, this is Primo. And as always, don't forget to drive. <laughs>